Alright, here we are. This is the slightly above average football fan. My name is Andrew Drozdak, and I like to think of myself as a slightly above average football fan, which means I played a little bit of high school football, coached a little bit, and more importantly, I've been a football junkie my whole life. So we thought folks that might want, like me, that might want to hear about what it was like at the college level, talk a little X's and O's, talk a little Carolina football, might want to listen in. So I'm happy that to do that, I've got former USC offensive lineman Jeff Barnes here with me. Barnes, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, man. Excited to talk some football. Yeah, so let's just start at the basics here. You're from Georgia originally, right? Correct. Okay, and you played defensive end in high school? I was a defensive end. I was I was God-gifted talent. I mean talent. Talent, speed, height. Um, I had pretty good genetics. Yep. Um, not overly worked hard, but had the God gift of size, speed, and Perfect. strength. So did, did you play both ways or just defensive end? Um, I played... Both ways my senior year. They moved me. I played tight end, defensive end um, for most years, but we went to a shotgun spread offense my senior year. And uh, in order to do that, you need a guy who can snap the ball. <laughs> so uh, they moved me, and I played a little center my oh, senior nice. year, along with defensive end. Cool, cool. All right, so tell me a little bit. Obviously, it's, it's different now in recruiting, but tell me a little bit about your recruiting experience. What was it like for you? So my sophomore year, I received my first letter from Georgia Tech. Um, that was exciting. Um, it, and it is much different now. They jump on you much earlier. And most of the recruiting when I was coming through was they started your junior year of your spring. They would come to your spring practices and things like that. But you'd get mail, and, and you could get anywhere from 10 to 30 pieces of mail a day in the heavy recruiting season. And then once spring came, you started getting the phone calls and, and things like that. So, I mean, it was exciting at first, and, and then that was before text messaging. And right. I'm telling my age a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that was before text messaging, so it was all phone calls, and I remember being on the phone and call waiting and beep in for another coach. Yeah. Um, so that was the balance of it, but the key to the recruiting for me was the relationship building with the coaches. Um, I built a good relationship with the Georgia Tech coach, and I was solid to go in there, and then he left for Alabama. Gotcha. And, I, and I just didn't like my visit to Alabama, and... So as time went on, I ended up committing to South Carolina my senior year on my recruiting visit. So that kind of leads into my next question. What You kind of already answered it. What led you to Carolina was the relationships you felt close with those coaches. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, as a high school coach now, right. I always tell our kids, don't go to a school because of the coach because in this business they will up and leave That's right. based on the better opportunity. However, I went to school because Lou Holtz had just gotten the job at South Carolina and I was excited, young. I, I knew they weren't great. I thought I'd have a chance to play early. Um, so I, that, I took the opportunity to come here and don't regret one second. Absolutely, absolutely. So, like you mentioned, you're a high school coach. You've been, you've been lucky enough to have some guys that were really good players that have been recruited. And you sort of mentioned this. It starts a lot earlier now. Oh, yeah. They'll, they'll jump on those guys in uh, freshman year, eighth grade year. Yeah. Based on size, a lot of it's through camps. Uh, right. They get a lot of with the internet and the Gamecock Centrals and the rivals and right. the things like that. These coaches are all intertwined with those guys, and they do. Mo I mean, those those websites will lay it out for the coaches before they even have a chance to evaluate, and they'll evaluate the top talent at an early age. And offers go out much earlier, and text messaging goes out, and there's unlimited text messaging at times so it's it's a lot more stress on recruits than it was back when i was so that kind of leads me to my next question you know being a lineman 
there, you know, you had the full camps. You had the Lou Holtz football camp. You had the Brad Scott football camp. You had the other camps. But nowadays, they, they have straight-up lineman camps. And, right. and that was that a thing when you were – because it wasn't when I played. I You know, I didn't – I wasn't very good, so no one was calling me anyway. But I'm not aware of there being offensive line camps when I was coming up as much. It, when I was coming through – they were starting to go through the what I call the money-making camps, and those are the three-day camps that yep. they try to get all the youngsters to and yep. everybody else. Yep. And then they'd have the one-night camps. And and they're, they're doing those now, but they had just started those, and, and those were the ones you wanted to go to. I mean, those are the ones where you'd get a little more attention and they would invite you, and, and those are the ones you wanted to kind of attend as a recruit. Yeah, I, I went more to the three-day money-makers. <laughs> they, 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 no one called me for the one-dayers. Um, so now let's switch a little bit to when you got to college. Okay, you know, obviously it's a, it's a different ball game, like obviously literally. But talk me up just a second. You don't have to get too in depth here. The complexity of the game, what they were teaching you, as opposed to what you were taught at the high school level. Like speaking to maybe even technique. You know, as an offense, your offensive line coach. I've coached OL for a little while. In the high school level, we're just trying to get your head on the right side. You know that don't overstride. Have a good pad level. What? The level of detail changed when you got to the college level. So the the first level of detail is the size and strength of every right. person on the field. When you get there, you were you were probably either the best player in your high school team, one of the best players in your league, and, and it came pretty natural to be pretty good in high school. When you get there, you realize you're messing with grown men. Right. And um, so you better learn the technical uh, aspects of football. It, it's a lot more technical than people realize. You. I had a coach by the name of Dave DeGuglielmo, and he spent many years in the NFL. Very technical coach, very good coach, very hard, very very diligent about the things he teaches. And so he would he would lose his mind in the film session on a first step if it was if it was supposed to be six inches and you took eight inches. Right. right. Um, because of the way your body would be out of out of line and how your feet would be out of line and you'd be off balance. Right. Um, it was. It's just that technical, and the name of the game at that level is speed and using technique to mm-hmm. get the defensive players to do what you want them to do. Right. Okay. And you know, so you mentioned Coach Gooch. I was. I was actually at uh, Lou Holtz camp back in the day, and I remember Coach Gooch. He definitely wouldn't remember me at all five ten, probably two hundred pounds. But you know, anyway, I, I remember him and him being at Carolina, and he's definitely gone on to do a lot of stuff, and did do a lot of stuff. So. That kind of brings me to my next question. You talk about playing against grown men. Do you remember a moment early on, freshman year, redshirt shirt freshman year, where you went up against somebody and you were like, oh, okay, th- this is this is different. This is uh, this is a different level. Um, I remember I-, I was way undersized when I reported because, once again, I was a defensive end. Right. And I remember we had a little scuffle in practice, and I was going to get intertwined in it, not necessarily to try to do any damage. Right, right. I, I was smart enough to know that I wasn't going to do much damage. Right. And one of our defensive ends at the time snatched me from behind. Right. And not only snatched me, but laid me on the ground. Right. Like, hey, back off, freshman. Right. And at that time, that's when the moment that clicked, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, these guys are a whole different level. I got some work to do. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Now, on the flip side of that, do you remember a moment where you went, maybe, you've been, maybe you're a sophomore, you've been lifting weights, you've gotten stronger, you've gotten a little bit more used to it, where you went, okay, I can do this. I, I can compete with these guys is there a moment you or maybe the game slowed down maybe it started making a little bit more sense yeah as you get older and and i would probably say the spring of my freshman year i start i gained about 25 pounds in the season 
Um, I got on a lifting plan right. um, in college, and, and so I, I gained some confidence. I was able to compete at a much better level because I was stronger and, and bigger. And so I would say spring in my freshman year, I started competing for some play in time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in my redshirt freshman year, I was I made the two deep chart and actually got to play in. I think we I played nine games as a redshirt yeah. freshman. I remember, started one. I remember you talked one time about on Kimry's pod about going down to Gainesville and going against Alex Brown. You were pretty undersized at that time. That had to be a, a man day. That <laughs> yeah, that that was when technique really came into play. Yeah, I bet so. <laughs> I bet so. So get, switching gears a little bit into X's and O's. Was there a scheme, and now as a coach even, but as a player, is there a scheme as a lineman that you're like, oh, God, we got to play. If it's a five-man with a true nose, if it's a three-man with a true nose or a shade, they're going to stunt a lot. What disrupted you maybe as a player, and now as a coach you're thinking, oh, man, we got to play this team. They like to slant a lot. They like to twist a lot, whatever it is. Um, I would say, especially at the college, to, at the college level versus the high school level, and I'll kind of go into it a little bit, at the – at the college level, it's more sound football. And right. what I mean by that is more gap integrity. Right. Um, people are going to stay in their gaps. Through film study, you can pre, predetermine snap reads. And right. when 80,000 people are screaming and you can't hear the snap count, you right. better be able to predetermine if a guy's slanting or he's not right. slanting. Right, and, and linebackers will cheat up to give you give those right. things away. And, and so it's more, I would say, scheme-wise in college. Right. As an offensive lineman, it's much easier to go against. Gotcha. Physically, it's a whole different animal. I got you. I got you. But in in high school level, I think at this age, they're predetermining their movement. Right. And they're yeah. told what gaps to get in. Right. And I've always said a smaller guy, as an offensive lineman, a smaller guy that can move quick mm-hmm. is much harder to block than a guy that's bigger that, right. that wants to two-gap you. That's right. Um, so I think – the undersized high school kid mm-hmm. is causing more hectic by predetermined snap, and you get a lot more blitzing in high school. That's right, yeah. Um, and so because in high school you're trying to make people make mistakes because they're right. young, they're, they, they do football not for a living, but they right. do football because they enjoy it, right. they're trying to get a scholarship or whatever reason. Right. Um, so I think at high school level the scheme is much harder okay. because you're trying to take – the coaches, high school coaches are willing to take more chances on the blitzes yeah. and – give up this, thinking the quarterback's not smart enough to, oh, replace the blitzer, right, things yeah. like that. Where in, in college, the quarterback, you, you blitz, the quarterback's going to place that blitzer, he, and it may be a touchdown. He knows where he's going. Right. So they, in the high school level, their, their risk versus reward is much mm-hmm. – they're willing to take some more chances versus versus a college scheme where they're, they're going to play the – they're going to play a little more basic and, because they know if they, if they expose themselves, right. the guys on the other side of the ball know enough to how to expose Right. Yeah. They're a lot more sound and, and That makes sense. Ball. That makes sense. So, you know, you and I talked once before about zone scheme, gap scheme. You know, I, high school, again, is my only experience. We were a little bit more gap-driven, more power, counter-tray, stuff like that. So I don't know if it's because that – and we ran some zone, but, and I've coached some zone. And, and, but, like, in my mind, maybe because of my experience at the high school level – it was something too knowing, like a player knowing, I got to get the three tech. We're going to double the three tech, or I'm going to kick this man out on the counter. And zone, you've always described when you and I talked about it, being more sophisticated. You got to be a little more smart. Talk up for folks who maybe don't know what we're talking about right now, what you might, how you would describe it to somebody who's never been an offensive lineman or coached an OL. Zone is more to me like zone defense in basketball. You got an area. Right. As opposed to gap is a little bit more man to man defense. Right. And so the zone scheme, for me, is my favorite play. Um, one is because I'm all about 
putting the ball in an athlete's hand sure. and, and letting him go. Right. Um, and the zone scheme, and as being undersized, you can a little, be a little more finesse than just trying to blow somebody right. back in the gap scheme and the power scheme and the counter scheme. Um, but the zone scheme for me, the reason why I say it's more complicated, especially at the high school level, is because of the movement of the defensive line. You're basically, as a, li- as a lineman, taking your step to your gap, and if, say, if going to the right and you're the right guard, you got the B gap, and that's the second gap over from the center. And so if the, someone shows that gap, you take them. Right. If someone slants across your face and goes to the A gap, you got to let him go and be disciplined enough not to right. turn back and chase it. Right. So the linebacker that you're supposed to now go right. to will work over the top. So it's a lot of combinations of trusting the guy beside you. Right. Um, it's, it's very similar to the option. If you're an option team, you can't be an option team and spread it out and do this. You got to get good at it. Yeah, right. And so you got to rep it, you got to rep it, you got to rep it. And so at Hammond, we do a lot of zone scheme stuff because that's what I learned. Right. Um, and so, and because you're in a win win situation, right. the whole zone scheme is based on getting the defense to do what you want them to do. And in that one instance where if you have, if, if everybody, if it takes the defense for everybody to stay in their gap, to mm-hmm. make a play successful. If one person gets out of their gap again yeah. the defense in the zone scheme and the back hits that gap, it may be touchdown. Could be going a whole distance. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, um, and I think, again, that goes to my level because only playing high school, only have coached a little bit of high school. You know, you talked about needing to have that discipline. That guy slants across. you got to know I, that's not my guy. And for a high school player, <laughs> unless you rep it a lot and you show it to him over and over and they go through that motion – to not go, oh, i got to chase that guy because the exact same thing happens as a zone scheme. If I, if I make my mistake and I go chase, I throw everything off and I'm going to get my back just completely smashed. Right, and, and the natural instinct of any offensive lineman is like, oh, God, there goes my guy. Right. I better go get him. Right. Versus, oh, I, got, I know i got my guy in my back right. pocket, so I'm going to go yeah. go chase. Because, for example, if you do chase and the linebacker hits that hole right. and that linebacker's coming over the top to meet that that running back. That's exactly right. And that's the guy you were supposed to block. Exactly. And that's going to show up on film and everybody's going to know it. Yeah, I I hear you there. So let's talk a little pass scheme. More so, we can talk some blocking, passing, but more I want to talk first about just the passing game in general. Do you have a philosophy that you really like or do you, you know, are you an air raid guy or are you a, you know, what are are your thoughts there? I'm a, I like the spread offense and I say that because that's what I know. Right. Um, I'm a, I'm a big believer in take what they give you, yeah. and I'm a numbers guy. Right. And so I look at a field when I'm when I'm trying to attack a field, and I look at it, and I'm very and I'm, I'm gonna make this as simple as possible as the coaching. Right. There's 11 guys on the field. You draw a line down the middle of the field, exactly. and there's six guys on one side, and there's five guys on, one, on the other side. In high school football, guys aren't running four threes. Right. Oh, well, let me phrase that. Most guys are not running right. four threes, so it's hard for teams to disguise. Oh, I'm going to put six on this side, and then all of a sudden on the snap, I'm going to move the six to the other side. Right. In college, it gets a little more difficult because right. of speed to do it. But in high school, you don't have that speed. Right. So, to me, to make it as simple as possible, anybody can answer this question. Whether you know fo- If you know numbers, you know football. Right. Where's the most green grass going to be? Right. It's going to be to the five side. Right. So, on a pre-snap read, you're looking to the five side. Right. Um, and, and, and just natural progression... Uh, of th- those things. So the basic passing game for me is, and e- and every coverage has a weakness, and there's cover three, and there's uh, there's quarters, and there and there's cover two, and things like that. And, and, and knowing the defensive scheme, there's always 
a weak part of it. It's identifying it pre-snap, which allows you to be able to attack the green grass and the, and the number side. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. Simple is best, particularly when you're at the, the, the high school level because you do have limited time with your kids, your quarterbacks, everybody. And kids do a lot more prep time than they used to, but still all the same, you know. And I agree, green grass. And, you know, that is – I, I, I listened recently to Graham Harrell talking about the, the air raid and the philosophy of we're just throwing the green grass. We're going to take our 6-8 concepts, we're going to be great at them, and our quarterback's going to throw to green grass, and we don't even necessarily care what the defense is doing. He even talked about how Mike Leach, the, you know, kind of the guru of all of this, he didn't tell you to read. Where's the hole? I don't care if you're in cover two, I don't care if you're in cover four, high, one high safety, two high safeties, they roll any of that stuff. Where's green grass? And by design, there should be a guy coming into that window. And I, I really think that that is what is smart to, to simplify that, particularly at the high school level. And you see it at the college level, too. Right. Um, but I, I do like that. The, le- the less you have to think, right. the quicker you can re- react. If it's just reaction, if it's, if it's muscle memory, then you're going to be good. And that's, you know, a lot of people, and this goes back to offensive line, I always love how people don't understand that, oh, just move the right tackle to left tackle. Or just move huh. the right guard to left guard. Now, like, go try and shoot a basketball left-handed if you're right-handed. Go try to throw a baseball if you're, you know, it's the same. Like, you know, that so many people, I, I personally hate the term skill position, right. especially that linemen get left out of it. And that's probably because I was one and wasn't very athletic. But anyway, there's a lot of skill to it, particularly at the higher level. When you get right. to that college level, you talked about that six-inch, eight-inch step. you got to have minutiae detail those two inches are going to be the difference between you being off balance and a guy blowing through you or not right and, and even when it gets to the nfl and i've talked to Travell wharton about this and because we were ended up being pretty good buddies through playing together at south carolina they're reading secondary coverages wow. and who's going to roll down to where right to bring and where to make it identify where the heat's coming from right the and i'm like that's a whole nother level that i can't even fathom yeah that's that's I'm deep. Like, wow that is deep that is definitely deep so you talked about playing at carolina let's talk a little carolina football for a second right. um you know obviously anybody listening to this who's a gamecock fan knows we got a new head football coach a new staff i think they finally solidified today the ol coach and, and i think that's the final on field guy so you know, as a as a former player, I know you know the Letterman have, have had some some talks and and talked about this, and I've heard you talk about this, and I agree with you a lot on this culture, right. the idea that culture eats strategy for breakfast. What do you feel like Coach Beamer brings? Um, I think when Carolina was in the hunt for a new coach, I think the number one thing they need to bring back is is someone that wants to be here. It's always looked like a stepping stone job or a, or a rebuilding job. Or the, we've, the, the most success we've had is two Hall of Fame coaches that basically took the job to show, I, see, I can still do it. I can it. still do it. Um, you got a younger guy that, that wants to be here. He wants a staff that wants to be here, and, and he understands the business. Um, he's worked some, for some very good coaches. Right. Um, the thing that speaks volumes to me, and I, I didn't, I'd already graduated before Coach Beamer was here as an assistant, but the thing that speaks volumes of all the support of his former players right. that he's given out, I look back at the coaches we have, and I, I was lucky enough to play for a bunch of coaches that ended up as head coaches somewhere else. So right. I would have spoke the same way, I'm sure, for Coach Beamer. But that speaks volume because you're in a brotherhood, and right. those guys are like your brothers even though you didn't play with them. And so I think Carolina's got what they need. Um, I think he can go out and recruit. I think – I mean, we the, the facilities are here. Yeah. Um, he needs – to build, he's got to make. He's got to find some way to make to make South Carolina stick out from the other, the Georgias, the the Floridas, the things like that. The teams that are on a more winning scale to make big time recruits come here. But 
as far as X's and O's, all those coaches know the X's and O's. It's no secret. They steal stuff from each other. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and so the X's and O's aren't the question in coaching. Right. It's the culture and the staff. If it's the X's and O's, Nick Saban wouldn't win it every year. Right. He gets different coordinators every yeah, single yeah, year. Every year, right. Absolutely. So, and so that kind of brings me I, – I like – you talked about making South Carolina different, making South Carolina different than Georgia or Florida because right now that's not who we are. And, and you know, we're trying to be there uh, – uh, eventually, I love the passion. I agree with you. You know that video of Coach Beamer walking at Williams Bryce, getting a little emotional. Even more so, Coach Step, the the new wide receiver coach, talking about what it means to him. You know, I can't think of a time in my lifetime that Carolina's had a bunch of people that either played for South Carolina, you know, grew up a Gamecock fan, going to games. I mean, obviously Eric Kimry, you know, not not just a great coach, but he's a Gamecock, right. you know, and he's a Columbia guy too. He'll tell you about the city of Columbia and how great it is. That's huge. I don't, you know, and we've never really had that before. Right, and and, and recruiting selling. Let's right. say what it is. And 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 I hate to bring up this, but Clemson, it's the Clemson formula. Absolutely, it's exactly what it is. And and so you got you got some guys on staff that love the university. And when you love something, it's easy to sell. That's right. It's easy to come from talk from your heart. That's right. And so when when you're when you're trying to sell something you don't really believe in, that's tough. But right. when this comes from the heart. It means something, and you can sell it. That's right. Speaking of stuff coming from the heart, did, have you seen the, the new the, the speech that Derek, uh, I believe it's Derek Moore, our new character development guy, gave the team? It's a poem about positivity and energy, and man, I mean, just that's culture, right? That, and and they're doing, and they're making strides to build it. That's right. And and, and it, I think it's gonna. I think you can get into some cultures where it's all business and all about winning, and you got some cultures. Where it's, hey, this is a brotherhood, and, and we do it together. That's right. And somehow, Alabama's figured out both. Yeah, somehow they're doing both of them. I mean, you yeah. got Waddle playing in a game that he had no business playing in because he loved the loved the university and loved his teammates. That's right. Absolutely. And, and, you know, at the highest level with everything to lose. Right. And, you know, that's amazing. And when you got in, a, in an era where you got guys, and, I, you know, I'm not trying to dump on anybody who opting out. Right. And, and, you know, so you got to make a business decision sometimes. He didn't make a business decision. No. He made a passion. These are my boys. These are my brothers. I want to be here. Absolutely. So, and, and they go back to Jalen Hurts, did the same thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So I appreciate you being here. I got one last question for you. What is it that you either, when you're at Williams Bryce on Saturday or even at Hammond Coaching, that you hear a fan in the stands yelling? That you're just like, what are you talking about, dude? Is there is there one like I I listen in the stands sometimes and you hear them say like, why are you not going for it? You need to blitz. You know, is there one thing that you're just like, come on, man, that's 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 not the thing. That's not the issue. I, I think I think the thing that I heard the most this year that would bother me was put in so and so, and it's usually the backup quarterback. Oh, always, yeah. And it's like, well, guys, the reason I mean, there's a reason he's not he's the backup quarterback. That's right. And so I always I always laugh because these coaches want to win. Right. Um, I, the fans want to win, but these right. coaches are in practice every day. Right. And he, he, they're going to play who they think give them the best chance to win. That's right. And so I think the whole – I mean, I, I just chuckle a lot of times because, like, put in so-and-so, he's so much better. Right. Well, why? Because he, he played against some Division two team and scored three for 500 yards. Right. Like, the level of competition is different. And, and so I, I've even had people, the whole Helensky colin Hill argument right. – said that they'd rather play Helensky not knowing the plays than Colin Hill knowing the plays. And I'm like, that's just absurd. That doesn't make so, sense. Yeah, and so in general, uh, the whole put in the next guy. Right. It's always the next guy. What right. about the next guy? Because the next guy hadn't been out there, so it's always that, well, he could be back. Well, there's guys there. You know, this isn't 
middle school ball. This isn't freshman ball. This isn't you know youth football where maybe your dad's a coach and you, you know maybe you don't need to be out there. They want you know your buddy. They want to win. This right. is a win and lose business. When you get to this level, you know if you lose, you're not going to be here. We know that. We have a new staff. You know, so they're not trying to they're not trying to play who they like the most. They're trying to play who gives them the best chance to win the ball game. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, again, like I really appreciate you being here. Before I let you go, and just to anybody listening to this, most likely, if you are listening to this, you're probably a friend of mine or a family member, so you probably already know about it. But for the folks who maybe don't, um, my mother, her name is Jean Hendricks Drozdak, passed away almost two years ago from uh, multiple myeloma, and in that time, I've started a foundation and a, a charity golf tournament called the Jean Hendricks Drozdak. Uh, memorial golf tournament to raise money for the cancer that took her life multiple myeloma and the multiple myeloma research foundation that's going to be on march 5th this year at charwood country club and uh, we got 200 dollars teams and uh, some sponsorship opportunities if anybody wants to come play you can check us out on facebook at gene hendrick strasdak memorial fund uh, facebook page and jeff i really appreciate you being here man thanks for having me man enjoyed it All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening today. Um, If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us. Uh, Give us a five-star rating. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button, too, so we can keep this thing going. Special thanks again to Jeff Barnes for being our guest today. Everybody have a great one. We'll see you again soon.